Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. This week, I'm sitting down, I'm talking with one of my coworkers, a fellow middle school teacher, Lauren Spraker. Uh, Lauren is one of the sixth grade math teachers at my school. And I just remember sitting in the hallway last spring, uh, chatting with her and just kind of being like, yeah, what do you, what do you plan? Are you going to do anything fun this summer? Like one of those conversations. And she just turns and is like, yeah, me and my dad are going to climb up Mount Kilimanjaro. (laughs) And it's one of those things where you're like, no way. That is so cool. Um, so I remember she told me that and I was so excited, uh, to kind of hear how it goes. Um, she started posting all these awesome pictures and stories from her trip. And I was like, I want to use the podcast really as an excuse to sit down and just hear the tales of adventure, um, from Lauren. So that's what this episode is. Lauren's going to come in. She's going to, uh, chat, tell us all about what that experience is like. Uh, I have a picture of it right here. I'm like literally in my office. I'm looking at a picture of Mount Kilimanjaro, uh, that my buddy Calvin took way back. I think it was like 2013 at that point. Um, I had climbed a couple of mountains with him and then all of a sudden he's like, Hey man, I'm going to go do Mount Kilimanjaro. I was like, no way. Um, so it's definitely an experience that it sounds like one of those things that that is life-changing. And one thing Lauren talks about in this episode that we talked about just a few episodes ago in episode 300 is this idea of like all of these strangers show up to have this experience. And a lot of times these experiences are some sort of outdoor, you know, exploring nature, camping together. I think there's a whole thing where you're just completely outside of your normal routine and outside of your comfort zone that opens you up to this really unique, really cool bond um, that you can form with people who are basically perfect strangers to you. And you show up one day and you start this experience together and you learn more about each other as you go and you support each other through these really hard times, this really hard task. And you all have this common goal and you know, by the end of that experience, you are bonded. And these are people who will be in your life for a long, long time. And you'll look up to them and you'll, you'll want to know how their life's going. You will, you'll want to meet up and have more adventures in the future. And I, it's just, it's this commonality that I hear about over and over again from people who do things like this. Um, and I think it's something that really draws me to have these big, big experiences with people. Um, and Lauren's going to talk about that and yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, at the beginning, just fair warning for some reason, my mic was super weird. It, my mic was really loud or something. Uh, but after a couple minutes, it kind of equalizes itself out. So, uh, apologies for that. We're only 303 episodes in this thing and I still have no idea what I'm doing with technology. Also, to that point, last week, for whatever reason, iTunes did not post episode 302, and I tried to get it to post, and then it opened a whole nother podcast feed on iTunes, so uh, trying to work that out. We'll see how it goes after I post this one, Um, but I might be talking a little bit more about that in the future so you guys know where to actually find these new episodes. So anyways, let's get into it. This is Like a Bigfoot Podcast 303 with Lauren Spraker. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this week I'm super psyched to have Lauren Spraker on the podcast. Uh, Lauren is a coworker of mine, and uh, she teaches sixth grade math, which I like. Kudos to you for that. That's incredible. Yeah, you, you teach science. You actually teach the fun stuff. I do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, what's what's more intimidating, climbing a giant mountain in Africa or teaching sixth grade math? Depends on the day, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we're in the middle of summer. 
recording this uh you just got back from a trip to kilimanjaro with your dad and i'm like i remember you telling me about the trip coming uh leaving school you know you'd be like what are you doing this summer and then you're like i'm climbing kilimanjaro and you're like what <laughs> Yeah, I got a little nervous, like, telling people, because I was like, oh, what if I don't make it? Like, all these people are going to know and, like, ask me when I, you know, return to school. And then if I don't make it, like, is it really embarrassing to, like, tell all my coworkers, like, guess what? That that didn't happen. But that, no, I mean, you got to go for it, right? Did that add, like, extra motivation for you? A little bit. Um, and then when other coworkers started telling other people and I was like, stop telling people. <laughs> I told <laughs> so many people. Oh, I told yeah. so many. I'm like, did you hear? Like, that's so cool. Uh, but I think it was because all of us had no doubt that you would make it to the top. Yeah. I mean, I haven't climbed anything over 14,000 feet. So then to go to like 19,000 feet was, you know, a bit big of a jump. And, but, you know, we did it and. I mean, it does become more mental than I would say physical yeah. at the end. Yeah. Can I ask? So um, I do want to hear kind of like your history, like leading up to this, like, and with your dad, because I'm going to be honest, like, I think the thing I'm most like envious of is, is your dad, because when I'm, when I'm older, I want, all my kids are, you know, under eight years old right now, but when I'm older, I want them to want to do adventures like this with me and like that is mind-blowing like that is the coolest your dad wins on the dad goals and yeah so can you kind of talk like what was your history growing up like were you guys always doing crazy stuff like this um so i'd say like growing up we didn't have like a lot of like kids in our neighborhood so usually on sundays was kind of like our we would try to get out and do something um, my brother, my dad, and I, and so sometimes that was hiking, sometimes that was a bike ride, um, and then probably, I don't know, like late elementary school, we had another family kind of move in that we hung out with, and so our two families would kind of go hiking or do whatever on that Sunday, and so um, we would try to kind of make that like a weekly thing, and a lot of times we did end up going hiking. Um, we had like just this super tiny canyon behind our house, like down the street. And so it's super convenient just to kind of walk down there and, you know, get a mile or two in and just kind of like play around in the dirt, explore the little creek. Um, and so kind of really got into hiking that way. My dad's always liked hiking. And so I think he just kind of started instilling that in us um plus that was the thing that he was most willing to do on sundays um yeah so we did a lot of hiking um then we you know started to progress to like our local peak just being from california um there weren't like super tall mountains in southern california but there's some um just kind of started local and climbed a couple of those and then we'd always go camping in the summer up in northern california so like nice. here in nevadas or like sequoia or yosemite so then we started kind of trying tougher hikes right so not only like the peak by our house but trying like half dome in yosemite which was a neat experience with the cables um was that oh man oh was that terrifying it kind of looks terrifying um i mean when you're like middle school you just go for it like I feel like you have no fear at that point as looking back at it now I'm like hmm was that a little bit scary probably I mean <laughs> trying to go up the cables I think was a little daunting just because we've never encountered that before yeah um but like getting up there it was so cool and my brother and I would just like go to the edge and like look over and as a parent you're like no 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 like come back yeah yeah, I know. There's a whole nother level, like even now, like when I'm hiking with my kids just around here, like I'm constantly like looking for rattlesnakes or or whatever. And you're just there's this whole other level you have to go to. Um, I did want to ask, like when you guys were young, did your dad have any like ninja moves 
to make you all enjoy hiking. Because I feel like when I go out with my kids, it's like, I kind of have to be open-minded to be like, we might only make it a hundred yards, like, and they might find rocks or trees to climb on and we might not go that far and have to be okay with that. Like, did he like demonstrate that patience and things like that? say my mom's a patient one of our kids, <laughs> not my dad and he'll be the first to admit it like he doesn't have like a ton of patience um no I mean I, he just kind of like let us explore and I mean we, we try to like build up to it so there's a different canyon kind of nearby and that was more of just kind of like an out and back and so like we would kind of go so far and then back um, so we just kind of started off with like shorter distances. Once we started getting to the one behind our house, it was like a small loop, maybe like a mile and a half, two miles. And so then he kind of was like, okay, like we're on this side of the loop. Like, we're not going to just go back. Like we got to keep going to finish this. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I wouldn't say like there was any like tips or tricks he did Yeah. sometimes like getting a treat after worked. Um, like if we like went out somewhere, so like getting like a Slurpee or a smoothie or totally. Oh yeah. Well, the, I like the loop trick. I, he might've been like, you know, messing with your guys' minds and you had a, you might've been like a half mile out and he's like, no, we're halfway through the loop. We got to keep going. (laughs) Yeah. No turning back now. No turning back. That's amazing. Yeah. No, I, it's funny because I've, I feel like, like after spending the summer with my eight-year-old, like we're at the point of the summer where we can basically communicate now through like just grunts and groans you know around the house like we just had a burping contest because we were drinking ginger ale but we didn't really like you know like have the moments where we're like talking with each other but i was like i feel totally comfortable with this little human being right now and it's just amazing it's like special and i don't know how to describe it but it is something I hope for in the future that I get to just take them out and do some some pretty awesome memorable trips, you know? Yeah, and no, I think that definitely helps is just like building those little moments and then just being able to like build off of those, right? Like yeah. the burping contest now, but like maybe you're doing it on the trail next time or, you know, just like little things, I think slowly build up. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's so cool. When did uh when did this adventure like come into your mind or like when did you guys decide you're going to take this on? Um so it's actually kind of quick ish. So most people like will plan Kilimanjaro for like years. So there are people on our trip who are like, "Oh yeah, this has been a goal of mine for 5 or 10 years." Yeah. Um my brother or my dad and I and my brother have done 14 years here in Colorado and then we've done Whitney, not Whitney in uh, Northern Colorado. California and we're just like okay we want to climb something taller and yeah Kilimanjaro I think has always kind of been on my dad's bucket list he's the type of guy that's like watching tv shows about climbing Everest or the outdoors and like seriously all this again so I think he slowly kind of builds up excitement over the years to like climb something bigger than was just here in the U.S. yeah Um, we kind of presented the idea first to my brother actually um, my brother is faster at hiking and originally I think it was supposed to be a father-son trip, but my brother is getting married later this year and got his first job last year. And so he's like, well, I don't have much PTO and I got to use it for the wedding. So he couldn't go anymore. And my mom didn't feel comfortable with my dad going to Africa by himself, you know, halfway <laughs> across the country. Like, what if this happens and that yeah, happens? Your mind yeah. kind of starts wandering. Um, so it was October that, um, my parents asked me if I would be interested in going. Um, I was actually at a professional development <laughs> for school and I just got this like text during my lunch break, like, Hey, like you're interested in like going to climb Kilimanjaro. And I'm like, yeah, like, <laughs> it kind of like took me back for a second. I was like, this is huge, but like, you're just casually just texting me this question did you tell any of our coworkers? were you like sitting by anybody like look what my parents just texted me no i mean i was like by my like this was uh one of the pds i just like ended up doing like by myself yeah um so like no one was around me <laughs> but yeah i like called my mom like on the way back you know as i was driving back to like the conference center and 
like, yeah, I totally want to do this. And she's like, okay, cool. We'll talk later. Um, so, and actually my dad was, or both my parents were in Cabo at the point. So they were already on a trip and they're like, all right, what's next? Yeah. Um, so my dad booked it while he was in Cabo. Like he was like researching, I think for a couple of months, obviously if him and my brother were planning on going. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say October was kind of like when we booked it, we're doing this. So let's go for it. Yeah. Is there, do you like, did you guys do any like training? Like, I don't know. How do you train for something that's at 19,000 feet? Like, I feel like you can't really adjust. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so a lot of the companies, cause you do have to go with a guide now. Um, it was like the late nineties or early two thousands where they started requiring guides. So a lot of them will kind of put out like, Hey, like three months out, like, here's a suggested like workout schedule yeah, or like training schedule. Um, so looking at that was definitely super helpful. Um, but we went at the end of June. And so three months out was about like end of March and here in Colorado, you know, there's still snow on the 14ers <laughs> and everything. So it made that a little bit tricky to try to like train. Um, but a lot of it is just like trying to get out there and hike um, yeah you're like hiking with like some elevation gain um they suggested like three days a week you either do like the stairmaster for an hour or hike for an hour um another day should be like some type of like lower body workout or like strength training and then another day should be like at least three hours of hiking like you know trying to like build that up yeah and then like one to two rest days so um, it was just trying to like build my endurance, whether it was running or I didn't have access to a Stairmaster. So, <laughs> um, like there was like a treadmill at the like fitness center. And so I just would hike that up to like the max incline and just like walk on that for like a half an hour, an hour. That's amazing. Um, but yeah. And then just like trying to hike, uh, sometimes there were shorter hikes. Sometimes there were longer hikes on the weekends. I would try to hike something with more elevation gain. So like either Mount Falcon was like one of the first ones yeah 1400 feet but then you know building up to like Bear Peak and Boulder which is like over 2000 feet of Bear Peak like at times feels almost like a 14er like as much elevation as there is I mean you're not nearly as high but you go like you're just stare that's the stair stuffer you might as well just do that one (laughs) yeah that Fern Canyon for sure I mean I feel like that probably helped kind of make Kilimanjaro more realistic because you are yeah. gaining elevation pretty fast so um that yeah. definitely was a key one to do at least once or twice I remember back when I was in Iowa my friend one of my best friends Calvin uh got to go climb Kilimanjaro and uh we had nowhere to train like we're in I we're in Des Moines and we went to this like quote unquote ski hill which is like legitimately like the hill in the back of our school you know, like not nothing crazy. And we just walked up that like 25 times with backpacks on. And I was like, I guess you're training for this. And he's like, I guess this is how we're going to train. <laughs> yeah. So it was definitely like interesting to see, like, depending on where people were from, like how much they were able to train. Yeah. Um, I, like there's eight of us in our group that went and seven of us were from the U.S. And uh the one person I was from Dubai said it was a struggle for her to train because like everything's fairly flat. And so like, she's like, I would just have to like use the stairs in my house and go up and down it, you know, a hundred yeah. times. They were like, luckily being in Dubai, the stairs in your house is like 8,000 flights. So you're good. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So she definitely said like not being able to train, like have yeah. that training definitely she felt like hindered her a little bit yeah um but ultimately like we all made it so that's amazing okay so i gotta hear like have you done anything like have you traveled anywhere like this like are you a big traveler things like that um so my parents would always like we'd always like take a trip every summer so like they were really big in trying to like let's see other parts of the u.s or let's see other parts of um you know the world and so we didn't usually go like too, too far though. A lot of times we would go to Mexico. So we kind of got to get involved in like that culture. 
Um, my senior year of college, I went to Italy for a summer. Uh, no really hiking there, but uh, studied abroad there and just kind of explored that ancient culture because that fascinated me. That's so cool. But never been to Africa. So that, that one yeah. was new. Um, never like traveled across the globe to go hiking. So again, that was new. Yeah. But it was just incredible. That's so, yeah. Well, tell me like, fly, like it has to be like a crazy long flight. You're trying to keep your legs like ready to go, but you're sitting for like hours and hours. Like, how did you handle that? <laughs> yeah. So we took off from Denver, like at like 530 and we flew to Dallas originally. That was like, it was fairly smooth. I mean, maintenance had like a small issue, but we like got to Dallas and we tried to book like longer layovers yeah just so um mm, that's a good idea up the trip and in case we had like delays and stuff yeah um and then yeah so we then flew to dallas and then kind of like walked around there too like during like our layover and then we flew dallas to doha qatar so we went through qatar and then qatar to tanzania however i had the flu no <laughs> so i flew with the flu but i didn't technically get diagnosed with it until we were in guitar so that made it like a whole other kind of roadblock because <sighs> we had to like go to the medical center then to go to the medical center they had to like call the paramedic and we're like no 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 like we don't need this big to do like i just want to make sure like my ears aren't infected um just because like my ears were terrible like my sinuses were all clogged like it just it wasn't great um, so we had the paramedic come on his little bike, took the vitals and stuff. And he's like, okay, I think you're good. But I was like, but my ears are the problem. Like, I just want to make sure they're not infected. Cause if I'm going to climb a 19,000 foot mountain, like I don't need them to be infected. Yeah. And so then he's like, well, we have to like go see like the medical clinic and I, I have to like walk you there. Cause I'm the one with like the security clearance. Cause you have to go through like this metal door. So then we like got to the medical clinic, saw the doctor, but meanwhile, like our four hour layover just is like dwindling. And so, oh my gosh, are we going to make it? Like, you know, and so ultimately we, we barely made it, but, um, they like said like, oh yeah, you definitely have like the flu. Here's these nasal drops. Here's this medication. Here's this medication. All right. You're good to go. Like, good luck climbing Kilimanjaro. Right. Yeah. And so they're like, here's an escort. They'll take you to like your gate. Um, and then I had to get like flight clearance again. Like, so, Oh my goodness. I mean, I probably shouldn't have lied, but like, he asked me all these like questions, like, did your ears pop and whatnot? And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like whatever I could do to like get on the plane. <laughs> um, and, like we were still wearing masks and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's but, not yeah. ideal though at all not I no. so when you guys finally get to like quote unquote the trailhead or like where you're starting are you still feeling sick or like the so we like arrived like Friday morning and we kind of had Friday and Saturday to kind of just get acclimated kind of get situated um and then Sunday we had or Saturday yeah Saturday we had like a meeting like so like our guides came and were kind of gave us like a rundown of like how the trip was going to work so those first few days I kind of tried to take it easy um and then Saturday yeah I like ended up volunteering at a school in the morning and then we had the meeting in the afternoon and so there's like I said they kind of give you a rundown um, of like what it's going to be like they also like do a gear check to make sure you you are bringing the right gear yeah they're mainly focused on like summit night just making sure you have enough layers for that and then you they're like all right we're leaving at you know 8 a.m the next day and so they like bring the bus and you like walk on the the bus after like they weigh your stuff because you could only have like 30 like a 33 pound duffel roughly um and then like you have your day pack they didn't care about the day pack but you have porters carrying your duffel and so they want to make sure it's not too heavy because yeah. the porters also have to carry other stuff 
Um, but yeah, all these people are in the back of like this tiny little bus and we're like, okay, we're doing this. And, you know, then we drove to the, the gate or like the starting point. Yeah. I wanted to ask, I saw the, uh, signs that are like at the starting point and stuff. And when you look at the sign and it says the peak and it says 29 or like 30 hours before you get there, like what's, what goes through your head then? Like. That just seems like so far away and so crazy. Yeah. So like, I mean, I think, I mean, it was a motivator in a way because you're like, okay, only this much more to go. Um, but it also like made you grateful because you're like, oh, like I've already come this far. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I try not to focus on it too much. It was more just like, okay, like I accomplished making it to the next camp right yeah where like now I have a chance to get acclimated here um like I knew what day we were kind of climbing the summit so instead of focusing on like oh I made it to the next camp and like getting the next one it was more just like okay I still have time to get acclimated you know yeah. try not to put too much pressure cause myself like too much anxiety the entire trip but um, yeah so we took like the Lamosha route so we drove like three hours to the west side on this bus and we took a picture at the gate you know everyone's like excited to go get ready and then at each camp that was what we'd always do is like we would go to the gate if there was a gate there's only one camp that didn't have like the sign or the gate as they yeah. call them um but it was just kind of like our guys were like this is a sense of accomplishment like you guys made it and like it was important to take it as a team too just because like they really did focus on hey you're one team so just remember that, you know, cause we're all in this together. Yeah. Yeah. Was your dad like, could you tell if he was nervous at all? Um, not to I, put him on the spot, like when he's listening to this later. Right. You know? Yeah. No, I, I don't think he was nervous at all. Um, there was some, like, there was an issue with like his mom being sick before we left. So I think that was kind of going mm. through the back of his mind. Yeah. Um, but he's like, no, like I, you know, we've trained for this. Like, he's like, I don't, you know, we'll be fine. Like living in Colorado, like you're already living at elevation. So he wasn't too nervous. I was, I think the one that was more nervous, like 19,000 feet is a, is a long way up. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's okay. So I, I was really interested. You, you mentioned this idea of like, everyone starts as strangers. You're all on the bus together as it's, and they're like building you up as a team, you know? So, but you don't know any, anybody or you don't know each other yet. And then throughout the week you become friends. And then eventually you become like this little strange family climbing this giant mountain in the middle of the wilderness. And I love that idea because I've had that experience too. And it's a really powerful, like, I just remember after having that experience, like walking around like my grocery store and just looking at people and being like, I don't know that person, but I bet if we were placed in the middle, middle of the wilderness and we had a common goal, we would help each other. And it was this like, really like, it like brought me a lot of joy and like hope for humanity and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, I mean, as soon as we got to like, the hotel that we were staying at all everyone in our group was staying at the same hotel um the company kind of placed you at like in the same spot for a reason yeah um and as soon as you got there the like the african people they're very focused on family and as soon as you arrive like you're part of like their african family and so like they welcome you with open arms they want to make sure like everything is suited to your needs like whatever you need like let me know like we're all family here, we're all here to take care of each other. And then also the hotel was like very focused on like having you kind of get to know each other before. Yeah. Um, if you could. And so that first night for dinner, we like found um Ray and Dave, who are like a father-son pair. And they're like, oh, like Ray and Dave are going on your trip like you should have dinner with them yeah and like they would just like sit you to together and so you're like okay the, we're all strangers um you know and you just kind of like get to talking yeah and get to know one another and then um uh, the night before we left 
more people join our like little dinner group. Um, and so like we kind of had an idea of kind of who we were. We could kind of feel each other out before we started the hike. Um, but as you kind of go on the hike, like I said, they're, you know, instead of like a family, they were like, no, like you're one team. And, you know, we had this chant of like, yeah, we were one team with one dream. And then it was like super long and we couldn't all remember it. So we just shortened it to one dream, one team ice cream, like ice cream being the goal at the top. <laughs> That's oh, the man, dream. Right? The dream is ice cream. That's amazing. Yeah. So like, you know, there's different parts to it. So Brandon kind of came up with that one. Um, but so like we would chant that, you know, and then they're like, you know, our guides would check on us. Like, how are you guys? Are you guys goody goody? You know, like, are you poa poa? Like, are you cool, cool? Um, and so just, you know, you kind of bond through that and you all have that one goal. Like you're all strangers. You all kind of, you have all this time together throughout the week to kind of get to know each other. Like who else are you going to spend it with? Like, are you just going to go in your tent and not, not interact? Like, I mean, that's, that is a choice, but you know, we were all kind of like adamant about like, all right, we're spending all this time with each other. And the more we were getting to talk with each other, we found out we had had more in common. Um, and we'd like help each other kind of like pass the time on the trail. Uh, we ran and started playing this game categories. So you just like named this a category and like, you just kind of had to go back and forth between yeah. like, you know, your team and another team. And, um, so that kind of like started it off like that first day and it was really just him and girlfriends that were playing it. But then Ray and I were, um, were like, Oh, they could mention this. They can mention this. And <laughs> we're like, we want it on this game too. Jump so, in. you know, as each day, like if we played it or whatever, we, uh, more and more people would join and then people got really into like talking about like books oh you read this book have you read that book like yeah um and so people were slowly finding out that they had more in common with each other and um again we're like we all have this one goal like we're all like-minded in that we want to be able to make it to the top of Kilimanjaro we're all here for a reason like it's not the easiest to get <laughs> to Africa right it's, it's not easy to travel halfway around so you're, you want to make it, you want to make sure that goal is accomplished and, um, you know, but it was like the little things in between, whether it was those conversations on the trail, whether it was playing Uno during like our little appetizer hour was, you know, it was playing catchphrase and just like little things that would happen in those games, we would become inside jokes. And so then we, you know, we just kind of play off that throughout the entire you know, hike and like help each other out, cheer each other on, um, like do our little chance, you know. So, I mean, I think a lot of that kind of helped bond us together and, you know, so we all helped each other. Like we couldn't have done it without each other, right? Like, yeah, you know, we couldn't have done it without our guides, but also just like the eight of us together, we just made a great team. And we had like our team name, which was like Team Kanyonga, which means chameleon, I guess, in Swahili. So like, you know, we had that that team name, we had one goal, like, so we were going for it. So that's really cool. I I always think like the the idea of like hiking, the thing that I really like, because I really enjoy hiking with even like, you know, when I go out hiking with my wife, I'm like, dude, we get to have these like deeper conversations because there's nothing else to do, really. I mean, you're walking along and you're like, there's really nothing to do but chat and like share stories. And I think about these adventures um, that you can have like this with strangers. And it's kind of this idea of like people just sharing stories. And like what a human thing that is like we just share stories with each other and you can gain some empathy see other points like from other people's points of view and it brings you closer and as a community and i think it's like that's why i think like the face-to-face -face communication or going out and and just having a conversation with someone like that is so important to do but we've, and you know, like we're doing this over Zoom right now, but we've taught over yeah. Zoom or attempted to teach over Zoom. And like, 
emails and texts and all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's just like lower forms of communication. And if that's what, if that's all people are doing all day, every day, they're like missing out, I think. No, for sure. I feel like there's something about that, like in-person face-to-face interaction. Like, yeah, you can have like these, you know, Zoom calls or you can text, but like, you don't know how texts are coming across because you can't see their body language always. And like, yeah, on Zoom, you can sometimes see the person if their video's on, but you can't always kind of read, again, their body language. It's just- Wait, I don't did know. you have students who wouldn't turn their videos on? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, wasn't that, that, that was uh, only a select few, right? Do you, do you remember there were students that did this? They like would turn it up so you'd see the top of their heads and you're like, yep. why can't I see your face? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, okay, like I can tell that you're there because one little part is there, but like, I want to be able to see your face. Like yeah. I want to interact with your face, not. Yeah. yeah, but did you have that feeling like as you're going out and doing this? Like, I don't know, was that kind of a, a realization you had? I think so. I mean, like, I think you kind of like put it perfectly in terms of like the, these like stories just kind of bond you and you kind of have this common experience now that you start sharing. Um you know and again that just physical interaction it's just something different like being with people and um because I mean we still we now have like a group chat and we have like shared albums but and like we'll text and that and stuff but again we're not physically there anymore so it is slightly different but yeah I mean I think slowly we kind of became that that family and especially like when you're when your limits are tested, right? Like you're getting yeah. higher and higher in elevation, like people start to struggle and you're like, you know, I don't want to be the one person that doesn't make it. I don't want to be the one person that holds everyone back, you know, but we all were like, we're in this together. Like it, we got to make it like, and we would find ways to like help each other out. Like, you know, or like reassure people you're going to make it, you know, or um, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was great like because once you got to know people like you kind of could figure out like how to help build them up or like empathize with them or like you figured out kind of like what they would need right so what that what a wonderful like thing for someone to experience you know Mm -hmm. like i just i just feel like sometimes people miss out on that aspect of life and it's like Sorry, my cat's tails in the screen. There we go. Uh, (laughs) um, But they miss out on that. Like they don't have that experience. And I don't know, at least, I don't know. Maybe I see everything with rose colored glasses, but I'm always like, I don't know. I think when when, uh, the chips are down, like people are gonna help each other. Like people help each other out. And I've seen it through these things, which is really cool. Um, like people would like chant with each other, like people would just cheer each other on, like, but like, especially like summit night, like we ended up breaking up. So like we started together, but then what, like a group of people wanted to go at like a slower pace. And then, so like we kind of broke up the group, but we like met kind of at the top of the crater. So like they were still going up and we were coming down and it, it is a struggle to kind of get to the crater I would say that was like one of the harder parts um but they said just like seeing us was just a huge motivation like seeing these people that you've like slowly have become like your family is just even motivation which is just crazy to think about that's yeah that's so cool I want to hear about summit night like are you are you slowly degrading as you go up are you getting stronger like how are you feeling like leading up to that yeah so a lot of the times what they try to do is like you hike high and sleep low. Okay. So like you're, yeah, you're overall slowly building elevation, but they would try to get you to go like a little bit higher and then sleep a little bit lower, a little bit higher and then sleep lower. Um, so we did go up to like 15,000 feet for lunch one day, probably (laughs) two or three days before we got to like base camp, which was also about 15,000 feet. Um, but so like you feel pretty acclimated uh that first day like you're in the rainforest and then that second day is like when you start getting about twelve thousand feet and you stay between twelve thousand and fifteen thousand feet for a majority of the week to get acclimated to it and then fifteen thousand was pretty high um 
Could you tell like you cross 14,000? Like what's you've done how many you've done a handful of 14ers, right? Yeah, not a ton though. I okay. mean, I've only been in Colorado for so long. Um, but, but you feel it at four. I mean, I do. I don't know. Speaking from experience at 14,000, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, well, even like 12,000 when I was like, you know, in high school climbing Mount Whitney, like I got altitude sickness. Yeah. But uh, I'd say a majority of us in our group were on like a high altitude medication. Okay. Uh, and so that definitely helped because I've, you know, I'll feel it at 14,000 for sure. But by taking this, I personally didn't feel it till like the last hun couple hundred yards. So I didn't really feel it till like 19,000 feet. Um, That's cool. But I was the youngest in the group. Um, like the older people definitely felt it sooner, I would say. And like people who weren't taking Diamox definitely felt it kind of like on summit night. Um, realizing that you are higher and you know you're trying to like push your body but like you just feel sick and so I definitely the Diamox helped for sure that's awesome I'm sure like when you see someone pushing their body at that elevate like it's it's just would be kind of like not comical but like it's someone's pushing to their extreme limits and yet they're going so slow because that's all they got that's all they have in them and yeah like i just it's i guess i want people to understand that that you know once you get that high like you have to go like at a slow slow pace yeah i mean i think you know the motto pole pole right like you gotta go slowly slowly i thought it originally meant like oh you go pole by pole <laughs> like no like it actually means like slowly slowly like <laughs> i was like oh okay yeah that, that makes sense uh, but like it truly is like you go fairly slow just because you are getting higher and they want to make sure that you aren't going too fast yeah they want you to get altitude sickness yeah um and with that four thousand foot climb that summit night like you definitely have to <laughs> be aware of that and you know there's just different there's various risks right like going up that high in general and then with that elevation gain like there's a lot of factors that your guides have to kind of watch for and take into account. Yeah. So what was that summit night like? So we got to base camp. Oh gosh. I think about like noon or one and then we had lunch and then they're like, all right, you guys gotta go try to take a nap. Go to like, sleep. <laughs> everyone is taking, like you have to go in your tent. Um, they're like, no more Uno, no more Uno. Because like, we played a lot of Uno. And uh, so, okay, we all like try to like, you know, go take a nap. And then like we had an early dinner and we're about like five. Um, then after dinner, they're like, all right, you're going to bed. And they're like, okay. And then they got us, they like said, we'll come knock on your tent at like 1045. And 11, we expect you in the dining tent. And 11.45 was our goal time to leave. Um, slowly throughout the trip, we learned, or a lot of people learned that they usually take longer to get ready. So like we would get up a good like half an hour to 45 minutes before every, like before we were supposed to get up with that, you know, knock on the tent. Uh, one of our people in our group, <laughs> like they, they thought they set their alarm didn't and so like they like woke up to almost like their tent shaking like past 11 they're like where are you why aren't you in the dining hall um, and so she you know you feel frazzled at that point you're like oh wait like you know I don't want to be put the whole group behind by you know a certain amount of time and so but you feel frazzled trying to like rush right like, yeah so um I know that kind of got to her a little bit but yeah, I personally did not sleep that night, neither the afternoon nap or like that night. I think just kind of with anxiety about like what's summit night gonna be. Like, you know, hiking 14 areas, sometimes you start really early in the morning, but never have I hiked through like the entire night where like I'm usually sleeping, right? Like sometimes part of it, but like never like the entire night. Yeah. Um, so like running on no sleep was um interesting and then you sleep with some of your layers on so 
the night before or like once you arrive at base camp they do another gear check and they're like okay here's your base layer here's your next layer um because you have five to six layers on your bottom and you have five to six layers on your top too um and so that's why they don't you don't have as much time to get ready during sub at night because they already expect a lot of your clothes on yeah um but yeah you kind of have that somewhat of a breakfast but nothing like too heavy at like 11 and then 11 45 was our goal time to like head out i you know you just it starts going up right away like they're like oh it's just switchbacks and then but like they're really not like these nice switchbacks that we like think of like it was more of just like oh let's leave up kind of straight up this <laughs> mountain yeah and you know they do partly at night so you can't see how much like you're climbing or you like you can't see where you're going because it is pretty daunting right like knowing that you're gaining 4,000 feet in elevation um, but you can see everyone's like little headlamps kind of like it's these those little chain of lights kind of going up uh, the mountain so you can kind of see where you're going um, but yeah I'd say that was like there's not like a huge established path um a lot of times it's just kind of like finding your way up um that part of the mountain which is kind of ironic considering like that's the only way up so like there's different routes you can take yeah but all the routes meet at that base camp oh okay camp. so everyone goes up from there um but yeah you notice more of that on the way down because you're like wait where's the trail and you can't really see it but Getting to the Stella point, I'd say was the hardest because um, it, it's it's just really steep till you get to that point. Um, and that's uh, like just under like 18,000 feet, I believe. Jeez, that's so crazy. And, you know, since everyone's going up, yeah, you want to be able to take breaks, but they don't want you to take breaks for too long. One, because they don't want you to get cold. But two, they want you to like be able to stay ahead of groups because um, they don't want you to get, you know, stuck behind the conga line of everyone going up so yeah. um we did get hot tea they gave us like a yeah a hot drink like right of the way up just to try to keep us warm um and then I, we got another like hot tea on our way down um and the other half of our group was going up at Stella point but even i started struggling like towards the top like i was like i don't even know if i want to ask what time it is like if I'm only been hiking like for two hours like I don't know if I want to know that like I'm just I'm just trying to get to the top and definitely like you know after the first couple hours it it's just a mental game honestly. it all blends together that's that like did you ever have like a really terrible job like I used to work in this like uh like hardware store and I knew nothing about hardware like mm -hmm. People would come, like contractors would come to me like, what kind of nail do you think I should use in this? I'm like, I'm 17. Why are you asking me? But it would be that same thing where I'm like, I can't look at the clock because if it's only been like 10 minutes and I think it's been two hours, like I just don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, towards the end, it really truly was like pulley pulley, like one, one pull yeah. in front of the other. <laughs> and like, you know, I was like, all right, like two steps. And then like, I would like, Feel over like my my poles and just like try to like catch my breath for a minute, <laughs> and then but they're like, nope, you got to keep going. I'm like, oh my gosh, like and you know the guides kind of figure out like what a good order would be, and like they'd be like, all right, like Lauren, you're number one, like Craig, you're number two, Brandon, you're gonna be number three, um, to try to kind of like keep the group going. Um, but yeah, like as we got closer and closer to Stella Point, people started um struggling more. I told you three of us split off yeah. like, part of the way up, um, Hilda, Ray, and Dave. So Dave had like two artificial hips, an artificial shoulder, 69 years old, literally is just like, just taking oxygen. Um, and had someone else kind of carrying his day pack. Um, and then, you know, there's other five of us who were going at a little bit faster of a pace, but then towards the end, like Michelle started feeling it. So then Brandon would kind of stay back with her and, and Josh started feeling it and Josh was like 60. Um, so Are you with your dad at this point or did he split off? I was with my dad on the way up. Okay. Um, on the way down, we kind of got 
separated because they were just trying to get get people down yeah um but yeah once you kind of like got to Stella point we're all like okay we, we made it like we can kind of breathe because that's like the hardest part and then like from there like you can kind of see where like the top is roughly because like the sun is just breaking like the horizon you can kind of see that peak of light so like the top's getting lighter and lighter and it's it's not as steep yeah so i feel like if you can make it to Stella point like congrats you did it and you just have like a little bit more to go like it's it's totally worth it was that sunrise just like totally awesome like i don't know yeah i mean it was <laughs> epic i mean like you see like sunrises like over like the rockies like sometimes if you're hiking 14ers yeah but i mean it was something else just because you've been hiking through the night you're tired you're like i'm starting i might start being able to feel the altitude so it just becomes more special you know like yeah and more memorable like i've come this far like it's so pretty so it just makes you stop and kind of like really like think about how like grateful you are for like this experience and whatnot um and then also like we kind of knew like the goal is to kind of get to the top by like sunrise so you kind of also know like all right not too much further like yeah yeah it's getting pretty light out at this point <laughs> um but yeah i mean and then you don't spend a ton of time at the top like you take, you know, you, you got to get your picture in front of the sign, right? Like totally accomplish that. Um, and you know, like, obviously it's special for everyone in their own way. Like Josh, like the six year old is a teacher. And so he had like his kids, like make kind of like this, uh, like flag with like all their hopes and dreams. And so he's like, I did this for my students. Like I wanted to like, you know, carry this to the top with them and like I want to be able to show them that like their hopes and dreams like made it to the top too um and then you, you see other people crying you know because of what they had to overcome to get to that point um so it's just truly special just kind of also just look around at when you're at the top like yeah you have your own reasons but just to see like how <clears throat> significant it is for other people too yeah what um like now that you're like a few weeks removed what like was there any like revelations or like lessons that you're going to take away from it or um so it definitely took a while to like really realize like what you accomplished yeah um and like what you truly like went through um but i mean just how hard you have to like push yourself mentally and like that mental like just that having that positive mindset but also just I feel like I just learned ways to like push myself mentally and like I think that was kind of one of the more bigger takeaways and then just to like I would love to have another experience like that where like kind of those strangers become family again and being able to do that in a completely different place than like the U.S. or with the American culture it was just so fun and just made me realize like I would I want to be able to do that again like it's almost addicting right like having that feeling of not only accomplishing something so big and so high like with a hike but I think what was more special was when those strangers became family yeah for sure and I mean I know you've mentioned the whole idea of like it's not really about like it's about the summit to get you out there and do it but it's not a like it's everything that goes into it you know like that's maybe like 10 minutes of the whole experience exactly yeah that's amazing do you think so uh like is there any lessons you're gonna bring into like we're about to start the school year in a few weeks um you know is there any lessons you're gonna like bring into that i mean like i have like some videos of just like us like pushing each other which i think would be cool yeah um to kind of like show how people can come together and like we I, we can kind of tie it in with like our social emotional um, stuff that we teach the kids too because it's not all about math or all about science yeah. uh, life skills too and so I think I'll kind of bring some of those in and being able to bring in like the stories as well um, I think will be powerful you know just also seeing these a couple of these like videos of everyone joining in everyone chanting and everyone just like coming together like it's just powerful enough in it in it 
in and of itself, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, I, it's just, I don't know. Like, I'll show people, like, the videos, and they're like, can you send that to me? And I'm like, sure, like, you know. Um, and, like, I keep, like, each time, like, someone, like, requests it, like, I just, like, keep rewatching it myself. And, yeah. Um, so I think kind of, like, telling them, like, the story behind it and, like, what it kind of took. I think I'll bring in my classroom, but honestly, I would tell my kids from last year, yeah. like, oh yeah, I'm going to hike Kilimanjaro this summer. And they're like, kill a what? Like, where's that? <laughs> Africa. They can't comprehend. Where's Africa? I was like, who's talking you like geography here? Like, come on. Like, You're like, Mr. Carol. No, I'm just kidding. Right? Yeah. Mr. Carol, Miss Capra, like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> They're probably like, well, we're, you know, Western Hemisphere, like not Eastern. Hemisphere. <laughs> all right, seventh grade teachers, got to get on this. Oh, man, we will. We'll we'll bring it. We'll we'll pull it all together. Uh, no, that's amazing. I will. Would you be willing to talk to a seventh grade leadership class per chance? Always. Oh, yes. Heck yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like by then I'll have talked about it enough. Yeah. Where I, I can make this a little bit more nice <laughs> and tailor it to that. Well, so I just, I really like, I guess to start wrapping, wrapping it up a bit, I always liked the idea of like you said, one team, one dream. And I'm like, that is amazing. Like think about any like group you've worked with. Like you've always had a common goal, like us as teachers in this middle school, like we all have a common goal. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like we overcomplicate things sometimes. Like Kilimanjaro, the common goal is kind of easy because you like see a mountain and you're like, the top is the common goal. <laughs> but for us as middle school teachers, it's like, maybe we should like define what the goal is. Like we want the kids to be successful in like a safe environment, you know? And like, all right, like we're a team. That's our whole goal. That's our whole mission. Like, I just always think like there's an opportunity there for any team or business or whatever to like have that discussion because i'm like if this can happen on kilimanjaro surely it could happen like as a team of whatever professionals and anything yeah like being rooted in that why i think is definitely important and i think that's something i've like more like access class right like you really yeah. try to build that community and like talk about like these are your people like this is who you're gonna like be with all year this is the time to like kind of start middle school together this is yeah. the time where you can get those questions answered like this i mean this truly is a community and almost like a second like a school family so like i feel like i try to cultivate that in my classroom and so i think that's awesome being able to apply this to that also will definitely be something that i implement yeah that would be so cool okay last question does anything in colorado seem like big at all after being on Kilimanjaro? Uh, no, I feel like being at like 19,000 feet, you're like, <laughs> okay, I was at 19,000 feet. That is huge. Like you're up in the sky. Like you can see the clouds, like you're above the clouds, yeah. way above the clouds. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was absolutely, absolutely like magical and being able being feeling like you were able to accomplish that, like was huge. So coming back here, I'm like, there's nothing here that's like 19,000 feet. Like, 14 or two is like nothing now. Like, you know, haven't done, like, you know, I still continued to like hike and whatnot, but I'm like, oh, yeah, I could probably do like a 14 er without as much training now. Like, I just did Kilimanjaro, right? Like, yeah. that's enough training for a 14 er Total confidence booster. Oh, I, I had the same feeling coming back from the Grand Canyon because once you're down at the bottom, you like climb up for like 11 miles and you're like, Driving back home, I'm like, nothing seems gigantic anymore. This is wild. Yeah, like going down, because I've done the Grand Canyon too, like down and back in one day. And yeah, going up, I like, I truly like found out what hiking in a canyon felt like hiking in the Grand Canyon because it was yeah. just like, I have to go up and you're already so tired. And <laughs> did you go by yeah. that sign where the dude's overheating and he's just barfing everywhere? Did you see uh, that? Yeah, I felt I almost had that same experience personally of just yeah. like making it back to the top and just like having like heat exhaustion and. Oh, I was like, if I if I throw up right by this sign, like I'm gonna become a meme on the internet or something. Like people are gonna oh, yeah. look at this guy. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> 
that was my inspiration well thanks for coming on i'm glad you guys made it and like it's so like i said i'm just envious because this is the kind of adventures i want to be doing with my kids when i'm older so like a dad father daughter trip on this scale is like really really cool to me yeah no my brother i think kind of saw what my dad and i went through and as soon as we got back he's like all right dad like when are we going on our own trip like i want to go like i think he feels bad or like kind of regrets not being able to go yeah on like this father-son trip but you know he's like dad we're gonna go canoeing down the amazon river next and (laughs) oh yeah like they're already you know kind of like planning their own thing and then people on our trip like josh kind of joined our we went on a safari after and that's cool josh kind of just joined our group and stayed with us a couple extra days and him and my dad were talking about like oh it'd be really cool to go to south america and like you know hike around maybe like argentina or like paraguay or so it's just been kind of cool to see people kind of like like see our experience and then like want something similar or continue to build off experience that we've had that's amazing that's so cool this is totally life like i'm yeah it's a life changing life eye-opening experience i have to imagine yeah no i mean it's it's something else like i don't think i like realized like i didn't think any of this part of wanting to go on more you know was gonna happen like i don't know just it's hard to just put like the feeling into words yeah no totally that's awesome well lauren thanks for coming on the podcast i appreciate it and i'll uh i'll see you in a couple of weeks with a bunch of crazy middle schoolers oh yeah looking crazy like awesome i mean what right yeah no it was an <laughs> honor to be on here and you know we're gonna go uh, have a great school year with a whole bunch of middle schoolers right <laughs> it'll be good it'll be good all right that wraps up this week's show uh huge thanks to lauren she's the best uh that whole thing really got me fired up for travel got me fired up for climbing mountains and all of that uh and right now currently as i record this outro (laughs) lauren and our sixth grade team is up in the mountains uh our school does this thing called outdoor lab our school district every school in the district does it and the sixth graders for a week basically have like summer camp, quote unquote, um, up at these cabins in the woods with their fellow classmates. Um, it's just an amazing experience. They they learn all sorts of things. They have class during that time, but they're out hiking. They're out shooting bows and arrows. They're out um, really just bonding. And I think I'm very curious to ask her when she gets back, like, did your experience climbing Kilimanjaro and seeing this group of of strangers come together and kind of form this weird tight knit family, um, did that play out at Outdoor Lab or is that how that works? And is taking these kids on these hikes with their classmates can that have is that an opportunity where we can kind of utilize that that very common part of our humanity, which is like we want to help each other out when we're doing difficult things. Um, Does that play out for sixth graders? That's my question. (laughs) You know, like, does that play out for sixth graders? Or is that like when you're a grown up uh, kind of thing with like a different perspective? So um, that'll be super uh, interesting when she gets back. Um, But yeah, so speaking of that, I took my leadership kids today uh, and really for the last few weeks, they're doing this thing called Know Thyself where they're really exploring their personality types they're thinking about their strengths and weaknesses they're looking at their core values Um, and then they had to share some sort of story about a time they learned from a difficult experience and it's really cool to hear these 13 year olds explain about a time they did something that was difficult in their life and how they grew from it because as i'm sitting there listening and I ask a few questions at the end to like clarify and they just have wonderful answers. And, you know, um, they're talking about whether it's a sport or whether it's a, like learning how to play an instrument or moving across the country and having to go to a new school. They talk about these um, these experiences that were obstacles and they were difficult and they were adversity and 
and they're looking back at him now with a smile and you know people even ask like you know are you like how do you feel now that you've had that experience and now you've grown from it how do you feel and like oh, i wouldn't i wouldn't have changed it and maybe that's just part of just being alive is we're going to have these hard experiences and when you have that perspective and there's some experiences that are incredibly hard and maybe you would go back and change them maybe you would have rather not have felt that or experienced that um but you know you have to think about where you are now and how you grew and how you learned from all the experiences the good times and the bad times and how that's made you into the person you are today and if it's if the person you are today is someone that you enjoy that you like that you have this self-esteem um that's those experiences you know led you to that um and if the person you are today is is not necessarily who you idealistically like look at yourself as maybe that is something to think about too like how did I learn? How did I change from these experiences? And did I learn the lessons I should have learned? Um, and did I grow in the way I should have grown? Um, it just got me thinking about all those things. And it's just funny when, when, <laughs> you know, you're hearing 13 year olds put these really like normal kind of human condition stuff into perspective. And they at least have a surface level understanding of how hard times sometimes can can change your life so uh it was cool i liked it it was awesome uh thank you lauren for coming on you're the best you rock uh and yeah i just i really enjoyed hearing that story and hope you all come back next week uh we'll have another podcast on the way um like i said in the intro last week itunes didn't post our episode for some reason i have no idea why filled out one of those forms that you click send and then you never hear anything back uh so apologies if you couldn't find that one um let me know i can uh it was a really good one it was with ryan van duzer uh he's an awesome uh person in boulder he's a cyclist and ultra runner he has an amazing youtube channel where he does all these adventures um he's a travel channel host um, he's just done so many incredible things and he's just at the end of the day, like it is core. He's just really enthusiastic and just really a good human being. Um, so if you miss that one, uh, maybe just go on iTunes, look up like a Bigfoot podcast. <laughs> now there's, for some reason there's two feeds. So, um, do your best navigating that. Otherwise you can find everything on SoundCloud, uh, Spotify, um, and basically all those other podcast apps that people use. So, alrighty, that wraps it up. We will get back at you next week.